0: You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 641. The
1: interesting thing is we don't get a ton of calls, but the calls that we get are very high quality. They're all motivated. They all want to talk to me. I already have instant credibility. It's just an enjoyable phone call, and I get excited because a decent percentage of the time, we're going to make a deal with somebody.
2: This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling.
0: Welcome to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. I'm your host, Chris Arnold. As always, super excited that you're with us today today. And you know me, I get down to the bottom line. What are you going to get from this podcast? It's going to be twofold. We're going to talk with two business partners today. I'm really excited for you to hear their story. These guys are kind of approaching a thousand deals, but we're going all the way back to when they were working the nine to five. And the question is, what are the do's and don'ts of knowing when to walk in your boss's office, drop the mic and go, I'm out I'm doing this thing full time. We have a lot of investors like that's your dream. You can't wait to quit the nine to five that you're doing. Get out of that rat race. Uh, and Of course, do what you're passionate about. And that's real estate investment full time. And secondly, we're going to talk about radio. These guys picked up radio. These guys are seasoned. And so you're going to hear what they've done with it and the results that they've seen. So let's hop in. Brian Rhodes, Greg Butler, welcome to the show. Glad to have you guys. Well,
1: thank you. Appreciate it.
0: Yes, sir. All right, let's hang out. So here's a question. Brian, how long have you and Greg been
3: business partners? So we uh, formed our first LLC and did our first deal in
0: 2003. So a few years ago. So, yeah, you guys, you said a few years. You guys got some history. Now, this is what's funny about your story. You guys started working the same job or for the same company. Did I get it right? Like literally on the same day? That's correct. Okay. And then how many years later did you guys walk in on the same day and go, I quit? Seven years later. That wasn't our plan, but that's how it turned out. That's unbelievable. I mean, I love the setup up for the story, right? Two guys, two friends, right? Which you guys knew each other. I think you said you knew each other from college, correct? Correct. That's right. Worked for the same company with the ambition to get out of this company and literally did it seven years later and walked in and quit on the same day. I love this. So... I got a question, Greg. You and I were talking about kind of the do's and don'ts of knowing when to quit, and one of the things you talked about was you were looking at the deals that you had in the pipeline, and a lot of them were fix and flip, which meant they were going to be a longer term payout. But now that you look back, you go, hey, it might have been wise that we had some wholesale deals that would have given us that fast nickel versus the slow dime that we're going to get on the flip. So. Talk a little bit about like oh that was an aha moment. I want to make sure that the listeners
1: take a look at what's in the pipeline. So Brian and I first started at uh, at our job at our jobs. We, we we didn't anticipate being there more than probably a year or so at, at that, but we didn't really know what the vehicle was that was going to get us to where we uh, could leave our job. But when we realized it was uh, real estate investing, Brian actually found it through you know uh, not podcasts back then, but you know through learning about uh, creative real estate investing. So he kept telling me about it. And finally, I listened to some CDs of uh, some Ron Legrand CDs. And when I listened to it, I was just blown away. We started buying properties, you know, as many as we could buy. We had a line of credit, or actually, I think two construction lines of credit at the time. And we started buying properties as fast as we could buy them. And all, I, I had them all out on spreadsheets. They might have been, you know, 10 houses that we had in in our renovation inventory and and you know I had out you know we were going to make let's say $25,000 a house and then multiply that out and you know divide uh, okay, it whatever set I need
0: stage to do. for this so you got about 10 properties in an inventory all waiting to be rehab you sit down with an excel and you start projecting Correct. what you think is going to come through okay I just right. want to set the stage for this and then what happens <laughs>
1: so we get into these extensive renovations and, and uh, you know, instead of taking four months, they took, you know, nine months or a year. And we walked in, Brian and I said that when we got our second construction line of credit, that we were going to walk in the same day together and, and, you know, say, give them our notice. And so the day that we got the green light that uh, we had another, I think it was a million dollar line of credit or half a million, I can't remember what it was, but. When the bank called or the lender called and said, hey, congratulations, you've been approved for this line of credit. We were like, that's it, we're done. I was off that day, Brian was Brian was working. Is that right, Brian? I was off and you were working? Yep. And so at the end of the day after, at the end of Brian's shift, I, I came in and we walked into the, the boss's office and said, we actually gave him a 30 day notice, but they uh, they walked us out the door. We actually had some-
0: <laughs> That's usually what happens. They're we not had gonna let
1: some, you figure out. <laughs> We had some pretty good responsible positions at the company we were working for. And, uh, you know, I guess there was a lot of sensitive information. So they said, you know, you're yeah. done. They walked us out to our, halfway to our car. I mean, it was a very awkward moment. But uh, looking back on it, it was neat to say that we started the same day together and left the same day together. Okay, yeah, but, I give
0: it. So I want to recap to make sure the audience pulls the principle here. Yeah. Um, this is actually a principle that I have written down that I've learned in the past. And the way that I phrase it is: make sure that the cash register rings early and rings often. Let me say that again: make sure the cash register rings early and rings often. So, what happened in y'all's scenario, which is the lesson to learn from, is you were looking at what was, you know, coming down the pipeline but those were rehabs and so those are what i would call a slow dime and what you guys needed was a fast nickel and the reason i say that is you might make 10,000 on a wholesale deal but you might make 25 on flips that's why i call it the fast nickel versus slow dime but the problem was you had so many slow dimes and you were expecting those to come in and then of course because of renovation and rehabs we call it you never know what's going to happen sometimes that didn't up playing out the way that you had in your head. So here's what I want you guys to understand. If you're thinking about quitting your nine to five, make sure that you're looking at the inventory that you have and make sure you're conservative and make sure that those aren't all fix and flips. <laughs> you need some wholesales in there. You need some things that are under contract and that you're confident about. So I love that piece. And Now, Brian, I, I want to go over to you. And your position, when I asked you, like, how do you know when to go in and drop the mic? You said, hey, I think we kind of walked out a little bit too soon, but there was value in the pressure that it created. And so, Brian, talk to us a little bit about kind of that lesson. And even though it might have been, you know, too soon, you look back and go, still glad we did it that way. Why?
3: Yeah, so that's a, that's a good question, and, and other investors, you know, ask us this often, and it's it's a really important point because looking back, we left way too soon for the, some of the reasons you explained, some other reasons. So I don't necessarily knew if I know what was going to happen in the future that'd make that same decision. So yeah, be financially stable, take the uh, the fast nickel, have some passive income, some way to sustain yourself before you just jump into it. But the way I I kind of uh, compare it to is it's like uh, I have kids, you know, a lot of us that have kids, you know, they always ask you, if you wait till you're ready to have kids, you'll never have them. Maybe in retrospect, we wouldn't have left our jobs if we had all the information. So I'm grateful we did because it's gotten to the, gotten us to the place where we are now. But Greg and I went in with just that that burn the boots mentality where once we, we said we were in, we weren't fully in. I mean, there was no going back to, to that job or to any other job. We were going to give it our all. And I, I think that was the, the really the key element that's that's helped propel us to where we are today.
0: Absolutely. And I think we've heard that, right? The idea of burning all bridges of retreat. And if you're listening, you know that's a tough decision. There's a little bit of a leap of faith. And so I'm going to tell you, I personally believe, and this was my experience, I'm like you guys, like I went in all in because there are people that step into real estate and they kind of do it part-time. And I was like, I'm going to borrow a little bit of money to kind of get me by because I was right out of grad school. I was broke. I didn't have a dollar. Actually, I was more than broke. I had school debt (laughs) right at the time. And I was able to kind of scrounge up a little bit of money to borrow. And I'm like, I'm all in. But I'm like you guys. I looked at people that kind of tried to step into that slowly. And again, I'm not saying that that's wrong. That might be the best path for you. This is not a black and white answer. But I'm like you guys. Like I just went in feast first. And I feel like that sense of urgency and burning those bridges of retreat is what allowed me to move forward and to make it successful. And so I think you want to be strategic. I think you want to, as Brian said, make sure you got some cash reserves and so forth. But I think there's the other side of the spectrum where you might be overthinking it. And we're telling you, just go. Like just like you're listening to this and you know, but there's a little bit of fear and there's always that Well, what if, what if? And we're telling you, you might be on that camp where today the biggest thing you took from this podcast are a couple of guys that go, Hey, it's not a hundred percent certain, but it's enough that you need to make a move. And we're all telling you based on our experience, we're glad that we took a little bit of a leap of faith on that. So, and I love, love the story that you guys are telling on this. So let's, let's transition. Let's talk about radio. I'm curious, Brian, you were the one that came across radio first, right? So, Understand y'all's partnership, your kind of strategy, marketing, kind of that component. Greg is on the other side, like on the sell side, doing some of the connecting, making the conversions, making the deals happen. What first attracted you to radio? Because you guys have been in the game a long time. I'm sure you tried a lot of different things. Yeah,
3: sure. So, you know, over the last 10 years, we became very, very dependent upon one marketing channel. And uh, during COVID, you know, that that auction channel has kind of dried up, right? And we had to reinvent ourselves and and go back to some of the old techniques that we had done many years before. And so we were trying all the normal channels, the direct mail, the cold calling, you know, we did door-to-door marketing. We were doing all kinds of things and they just weren't producing the results that we that we needed. And more importantly, you know, Greg is a sales animal guy. He, he was just getting tired of, of all the stuff you have to go through with, the investors hitting the same list and everything else, he hated it. And mm-hmm. so he he would constantly give me feedback. And I was like, all right, we got to figure out something different. Got to figure out something new. And, you know, I'm a, I'm an education junkie. So I'm, I'm out listening to podcasts all the time. And I just, I kept running across you, Chris. I kept running across radio. And I would hear some of your students just talking about, about this was a brand new technique. I didn't know anybody else doing it. And there were so many advantages to doing it. And so I went to Greg. I was like, hey, can we have the green light to try this? He's like, yeah, go for it. I'm sick of everything
0: else. I want to hear Greg's over here. right? Let's let's go back to Greg. So Greg, you're on the front lines, you know, taking some of these leads and conversions. And you're over here, like, almost pulling your hair out a little bit. Because what are you experiencing? Like, high
1: volume of, like,
0: competition? Like, what's
1: going on in your mind? Yeah, it's so frustrating to... Um in this market, especially because things are so hot, the inventory is low, and everybody and their brother wants to get into what we do in general. And my experience is that if I'm talking to a seller from like a cold call outbound calling campaign, and I'm talking to a seller, they've already talked to ten other real estate investors in some cases more, and they'll say things like, um, like uh, just just tell me what your offer is. You know, whoever gives me the most money, that's who I'm selling it to. I've got. 10 other offers, what's your offer? I mean, that's the kind of stuff that I'm used to dealing with. And I'll just tell you, I, I really get sick of that because that's just not, I can't deal with that. It's not me.
0: So. I agree. So you're over there frustrated because you're having to deal with a high level of competition. You know, Brian comes along and goes, I got an idea. And at this point, you're like, man, if it's better than what we're doing, like I'm yeah. all in. And, and I want to speak to this principle. You know, this principle is making sure that you take the right seat at the right poker table. You know, Tony Shea talked about this, you know, after he had sold Zappos, you know, he went on to play professional poker for a period of time. And his whole conclusion from playing poker was the most important decision you make when you walk into a room is what table you determine to sit at. Because it doesn't matter how good you are at the game, if you sit at an oversaturated table, you're going to lose or you're going to find it very difficult to win. Go find yourself at a table where there's not many players or the players over there are less challenging to what you're trying to accomplish. And that's really the big difference. I see everybody hovered over here at the you know, direct mail poker table or the you know uh, RVM and text blasting. And then all of a sudden, I'm saying, hey, there's this other poker table over here called radio and there's nobody at it. Like nobody at it. And so I think that's what you experienced. So let's kind of back over to you on your side. So you guys decided to launch radio. What was the process in setting it up? Because you guys have done a lot of stuff. Hard, difficult. What would you tell the listeners? So
3: I think that was to me, Chris. Yeah, Brian. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it was when, when you first get in, in, uh, interested in your course and you find out about it, you're like, um, oh, I'm super pumped. And you get into it, and You're but you're nervous because you've never done this before. And so the first, I start watching your videos and I'm like, man, this, this seems pretty simple. And then, you know, your team helps a lot. You know, Grace on your team is incredible to deal with. And, you know, she helps, you know, walk you through a lot of the steps. And so... I'm excited but I'm anxious at first and you know you start meeting sales reps with radio and I'll tell you one quick funny story about sales reps. I did my first meeting and I was real nervous and and I got through and it's, it and it seemed to go pretty well. But you know you, it's a sales rep so they're going to probably make you feel overly confident, right? And the, so the next day I go in for my second sales rep meeting. We meet at a Starbucks and I go in there and I picture the number we proposed. She spilled coffee all over the table and it goes all over
0: me. <laughs> Because we are buying radio like we buy our deals at a deep discounted price. I tell people fundamentally, what you're paying us to do is show you how to buy radio at like 25 cents on the dollar, which nobody's doing. Everybody's buying retail. But I love that she literally spilled her coffee. Now, obviously, it took some negotiating, but you got the deal. Like, How many stations are you guys on at this point? So, we started our first station in November,
3: uh, middle of November. Two weeks ago, we started our second station. And this week, actually, yesterday, we went live on our third station. And the best part of this is that's that
0: same rep that spilled coffee all over me. We're on hers. Come on. Come on. That's what I'm talking about. Awesome. So, I, a beautiful story the fact that you came around and closed that deal. And you're right. The reason that we do so well on radio long-term is because of the price that we know how to lock it in. And the strategy, obviously, is very particular on how to get that done. So I want to you know, jump back over to you, Greg. Radio is now up and running. I love that you guys are snowballing. I mean, you guys are literally right on track. Super proud of you. One station to two. Now you're to three. You're 90 days in. What do you like most at this point now, Greg, about radio being on the front lines?
1: The biggest thing I like is that the people that call are almost almost all the people that call are sellers of houses, number one. And number two, that the people that are selling houses are seem to be highly motivated. And, and it doesn't mean that I'm going to make a deal or we're going to make a deal with every single one. But when the phone rings, I get excited and I don't dread it like I do with other marketers. <laughs>
0: I mean, you said it and I'm laughing, but it's so true. true. I want to say this. You know, you have the right marketing channel. I've never heard someone say it, Greg, but I want to make sure we repeat it. You know, you have the right marketing channel when you get excited when your phone rings versus you get a sense of dread. It's so true
1: though. Yep. And so, you know, we have different phone numbers for every, all of our different marketing and, and, you know, it's, it's like the back phone. When I have a uh, radio call coming in. It says radio call and it says the station. And so when I get that, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I'm out on my boat fishing. You know, my son knows that if the phone rings, I, you know, he needs to be quiet. I'll take the, the call. But the interesting thing is we don't get a ton of calls, but the calls that we get are very high quality. They're Absolutely. all motivated. They all want to talk to me. I already have instant credibility it's just an enjoyable phone call. And I get excited because a decent percentage of the time, we're going to make a deal with somebody.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. And you're right. We're used to doing something like direct mail. We're used to getting this high call volume. And that makes us feel great. But if you step back and look at that process, well, we know that over 50% of those calls are hate calls. So I kind of view radio as like getting rid of all the garbage of direct mail and just getting the quality calls, which is a lot less. and. You know, people have asked me like, Chris, what have you learned about radio so far that maybe you didn't understand launching it? I really thought, and the speculation was that the primary people that were going to utilize radio were going to be super seasoned. What I have found is it is fantastic for the new investor because the last thing a new investor has is time time being wasted on managing something super heavy like direct mail. And again, I'm not saying direct mail doesn't work. If you're using it, stick with it, but it is a lot higher maintenance. And if you're working a nine to five, you don't have the luxury to sit there and have a hundred calls come in and know that over 50 of those are just wasting your time telling you to stop mailing their house. You much rather receive 10 calls and know that the majority of those calls are going to be motivated. And that's the huge paradigm shift that I see with our, our students coming in, they're like, man, I love the fact that this is so much lower maintenance than what I was dealing with. And on top of that, my biggest takeaway is like, I really believe, I really have come to this conclusion, I believe that radio should be one of the very first things you consider launching. Because why do you have to go do cold call, RVM, text blasting, just because that's what everyone tells you to do? And you're looking at that going, man, that's the last thing that fits my personality. I got a 1000 to $2,000 a month to spend. Just go right into the marketing game. Jump the prospecting and go to the marketing. And I'm just telling you, that might not be the case for everyone. But if you're listening, I want you to know that you got the freedom to do that if you think that that's the best fit for you. So I love it. And by the way, I want you guys, if you're listening, go over to YouTube, subscribe to Chris Honour real estate. Watch this video because Brian and Greg are like doing homage backgrounds to Tulum. You know, Greg's got like, The background with the waves and the palm tree and Brian's got his tropical background. So you can always check us out on YouTube and uh, put a face with the name. So I want to go back over to you, Brian. Greg's kind of given his answer on what he likes best about radio. What about you now? that You guys have been doing this a few months.
3: Yeah. So two two things that, that I would add. One is just, and you were touching on it earlier, but the simplicity of setting it up, it's not hard to set up. But even better than that is once it's up and running, you know, you're you're making sure your credit card payment goes through every month, and that's about it on the marketing end. And that that's beautiful. There's no other marketing channel that I know of that we've ever done that is that easy once it's up and running. And and to turn it back to what you were just saying about new people getting started, I, I would agree completely because if anything that gets in the way of you being successful, like direct mail, like all those things and the lists you have to deal with and the difficult sellers, those can be stumbling blocks to either get you to quit once you've been doing it or not get started. So more to your point, Chris, absolutely. I would highly recommend radio for new new uh, investors as well. It's
0: for the newbie. It's been a huge realization to me. And I can tell you everyone around was making all the speculations. Well, this is going to be just for the big season, guys. And I mean, the is what I'm proud of. I'm proud that the rookies have come in and proved all the veterans wrong and taken this tool and done incredible things with it. That's what I like because uh, I'm always rooting for the underdog, the rookie, right? The new guy. I was there as well. So, and I had one more thing? I yeah, I'm go ahead. About,
3: about, because I think it's important and I've heard you mention it before, but I just want to give it credibility on the authority status you get from radio as well. And so I've gotten calls and texts from a bu- bunch of investors, even investors I don't typically talk to for for years and they're they're hitting me up on the phone and text saying, hey, man, I love your ad. It's awesome. How's it doing? You know, like, and so it hasn't come to fruition yet where we get a direct benefit. But I know at some point, because of that authority status, we're going to get several benefits down the road that we're not even counting in. That's not why we did radio. It's just a really nice bonus on top.
0: I agree. The authoritative marketing is key. And now with the advent of where social media is, from Instagram to YouTube, I'm telling you, authority marketing is taking over you know back in the day i don't think it was as important because there was less ways you could do it what did you have television radio well now you got podcast instagram youtube i mean it's just endless and so the more authority that you can build for your business it's going to put you ahead of the competition so i really believe it's more of an authority game uh, on the marketing realm right now as well so now if i'm listening the most important question we always ask is, okay, that's great. You love radio. It's got all these benefits, but let's talk about some numbers, some deals. So what I have, and let's walk through this, is you guys have been up for 90 days. You guys have contracted four deals and you've already closed on three. And you've done that in the first 90 days. Is that right? Did I get that right? Correct. That's right. Absolutely. That's the other thing I like about radio. We're talking before about making the cash register ring early right? The thing I like about radio is you don't have to wait six months to get a deal. I find that the majority of our students literally contract the deal within the first 90 days. That is literally the majority. And you guys have come in and actually closed, not just contracted, close on three. So let's talk about one of the deals. I love too that you guys wholesale, fix and flip, buy on terms. So we were talking about one of the deals you guys done, you got a seller financing deal. Um, that you guys have picked up and going to seller finance, and it looks like this is potentially a six-figure deal. So just kind of give us a high level of this deal.
1: I know you're excited about. It. Well, it was a uh, whoever, uh, whoever I kind of teed that up for both of you. That's okay. So it was a kind of a unique situation of a property out of in, out in the country, and uh, I really wasn't confident in what what it was really worth. But in talking with the the seller and how we kind of came about it, we we bought the property into the you know into the teens, and so it was an interesting deal for multiple reasons. A lot of stuff strewn about the property, and interesting things about the house itself, the location and stuff. And so we ended up closing on it, and we decided that it would make sense for us to to sell it with owner financing. We actually listed it with a realtor in order to get you know more interest in the property. And so, yeah, so we're going to make well over, uh, you know, six figures on the on the deal that we were bought in, in the, just in the teens. But the interesting, the, the good thing about it also is that we're doing it with seller financing. We're getting an interest rate, 9% ballpark. And obviously we're not paying taxes on all the profit that we're getting from it right up front. That'll be down the road a little bit here and there uh, each year down the road. But we also got enough money down to pay, pay us back for – you know what we had in the property and then some.
0: That's awesome. So you got a nice substantial down payment. You set this thing up on a solid interest rate and now you've got a deal that's going to pay you more than once and that's going to produce over six figures. So here's what I like about radio. People ask me, well, is it for a wholesaling fix? It doesn't matter. The one thing that all of us investors have in common, regardless of what our exit strategy is, if it's subject to owner finance, building a rental portfolio, the one thing we all need that we all have in common is we need motivated sellers, bottom line. So with radio, the job of radio is just to tee you up a motivated seller. What you do with that motivated seller is completely up to you. And it doesn't matter uh, on the radio front. You can use whatever exit strategy that you want. And so that's why we see people coming in and utilizing radio for all kinds of things Uh, underneath the spectrum of real estate. So I love it. So I want to wrap up here and kind of close this out. Brian, somebody's listening, right? Going, man, let's keep this radio thing. (laughs) This doesn't go away. It's just here to stay, right? Which it is. And I get the skepticism. I'm super skeptical by nature. But somebody's a little bit on the fence right now going, man, should I do this radio thing for 2021? Brian, what would you tell them? Just your experience, opinion to add value. It's a pretty easy
3: decision for me. You know, once you realize it's not a a ridiculous amount of money to invest, your ongoing marketing costs are at least on par, if not, I think cheaper than most marketing
0: channels. What do you spend in a month right now? Let's throw that out there. So with our third station, we're right at just above $2,000 a month. I mean, three radio station, 2000 So keep going. I just want to make sure people understood that.
3: <laughs> right. So yeah, when you tell most people that, they're like, that's all. And you're like, yeah, that's all. So yeah, it's not It's not going to kill your budget. The quality, like we talked about earlier, is just ridiculous compared to other marketing channel we've had. So yeah, I would 100% do it. And we just explained our first deal. I can't do the math real quick, but that's many, many, many years of decades that that's going to pay for radio marketing uh, of just on that one deal. And uh, and so we love it. We wish, you know, our only challenge now is we just need to get more channels fast. So I would highly encourage
0: anyone to get started today. Absolutely, man. Well, Greg, Brian, love you guys came on. Love your passion for real estate. Love the fact that we at Wholesaling Inc. were able to give you a true valuable tool um, that's what I'm always excited about. Again, it's cool, as I say, to do deals. Um, but it's much more fulfilling to you know give somebody a tool and watch them go do deals and get excited about it. Because in my opinion, man, that's where the real significance is found in coaching and helping people. So thank you guys so much for coming on. And to the rest of you guys, we will talk to you soon when we add more
2: value. Talk to you later.